TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Book 1.0 The Universe Code. Chapter 7 David Jackson The next morning, they had not acted on any of the convoluted information that Felicity had imparted the previous night. Instead, they lay sprawled on the cave floor in a Nurgle-induced semi-coma. Carl blinked slowly into life as his eyes returned to the waking world from whatever passed for dreams in his increasingly nightmare-filled nights. As the cave floor gradually defuzzed, he saw Felicity, still unconscious, in a pile of empty bottles and the remains of the pack of Varaxian hypermints. Footnote. Discover how the Varaxians pitched, developed, and manufactured those fateful mints in Minty Origins, a Carl Dark Cruiser universe novel. Available now. She was lying on the other side of the abandoned mineshaft with her back to him, and he could see the inverted cone tattoo on the back of her neck. Although, from what he could remember, they'd done some serious bonding the night before, not like that, get your head out the gutter, there was still a large part of him that was uneasy about the deal that they'd made. Her intentions seemed to him objectively flimsy and contrived. As if sensing his growing untrust of her, she shuffled gently in her sleep, dislodging her hair, which once again fell over the mark of the colt. Dark Cruiser got to his feet groggily and stumbled over to the passed-out reporter, and gently kicked her with a gentle kick. Before he knew what had happened, he was upside down against the wall of the shaft, sweets and fags tumbling from his pockets in what one might describe as a waterfall, cascade, deluge, or torrent, but one made not of water, but of confectionery and tobacco products. Footnote. Special thanks to Derek Thornby, top thesaurus salesman in the greater Runcorn area four years running. Cheers, Derek. I'd be lost, adrift, misplaced, or obscured without your fine product and excellent door-to-door service. Felicity was on her feet, and her blue eyes were bright with rage and an acute comprehension of her surroundings. They darted around the space furiously until they locked onto the arse-over-tit dark cruiser. She lowered her hands and began to giggle like a maniac. <laughs> That's a little trick I picked up on Yarricks from mutual friend of the matriarch. She said eventually after laughing for absolutely ages. Ought to teach you to let a sleeping hack lie. Gods, what time is it? She glanced at her wrist-bound chronometer, winced, and picked up one of the empty bottles at her feet. Off-brand Nurgle juice, never again. She said and shook her head. Grab your stuff, space boy. It's time we split this one-woman cave. By the time Carl was safely round the right way up again, Felicity was ready for action. She had placed the holomac on her face and scrolled through the available options. Carl watched in horror as her face flickered between several gross-looking alien lifeforms before finally settling on a dark green-skinned toad-like species that he couldn't identify. Good to go, Captain? She snapped as Carl stumbled to collect the displaced contents of his many pockets. He tightly fastened the advanced hook and loop fastening system that had adorned all of his clothes since that horrific zip-based incident on Corvex Prime some cycles ago and nodded. 
As they exited the shaft, Carl noticed that his own disguise was beginning to become unstuck from his face due to the pervading heat of the pits and the Nurgle juice-induced sweats. They didn't have long before the adhesive would completely lose its adhesiveness and Ken Dimchaser would once again become Carl Darkcruiser. They needed to get going so they got going. Following Felicity along a rocky and dangerously uneven path, Carl wondered just what the hells he'd gotten himself into. This was the perfect spot for an ambush, and so, as always, he kept his hand well within quick-draw distance of his phase blaster, just in case. The battle-ready action pose threw him severely off balance, making his wobbly progress along the difficult terrain all the more slapstick. The brilliant light from the twin neutron stars rained down on them with the unpleasant intensity of an overambitious first-year drama student's attempt at Hamlet, and the thick, polluted air made their trek hard going. It was hard to tell how long they'd been on the road because of the constant, unmoving light, but the space pirate guessed it must have been nearly five standard hours by the time they reached a large, dome-like building. Its bulbous form jutted out from the craggy landscape of the jagged rocks like an enormous beige pimple, and it was unlike any structure Carl had ever seen, and in his previous role on the judging panel of the Barbara Shelton Architectural Awards, he'd seen some pretty wild shit. There was an overwhelming, eggy stench, and as they drew near, the pulsating mass began to throb and oscillate, producing a series of disgusting tentacles from its newly spawned membrane sacs. Carl felt like he was going to throw up, but very much like the automatic photographic framing AI he'd once bought off the net, he composed himself. It was at this point that Dark Cruiser began to suspect there was a possibility that the thing he'd previously thought was a building wasn't. Felicity didn't seem at all bothered by the huge, oozing and undulating biomass. In fact, she smiled and gave a friendly wave in its direction, bearing three rows of translucent amphibious teeth. She said in some ridiculous accent. The creature judded and produced a series of low grunts. Yeah, 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 I got your dinner right here. I'll keep your others on. She reached into her satchel and produced the gunjark heart, holding it high above her head and waggling it about, causing bits of rotting offal to become dislodged and land on the brim of Carl's hat. The creature was going absolutely mental. You know the dearest like bird. Bit racist, thought Carl. David released a long, pained groan and slowly peeled back a section of translucent skin, revealing a single black eyeball with several sets of irises, pupils, and other bits of eyes held within. Note to self, order a medical dictionary from Derek next time he's round. The eyes began to glow, and the tentacles moved in a graceful circular motion over David's huge bulk. The stinking air became electric with electricity, as the creature emitted a dazzling bioluminescent light show that reminded Felicity of the great holographic fireworks displays she'd witnessed as a child in the holy amphitheater on the cult homeworld. She gazed upwards at the swirling colors and trailing iridescent spirals dancing majestically through the air like a chorus of empty crisp packets flapping elegantly in the breeze. Carl looked over to her, and he thought that he had never before seen a look of such pure joy and contentment on a holographically projected toad face. 
Suddenly and without warning, Felicity felt herself being lifted into the air. Electricity was sparking in large, uncontrollable arcs all around her, and she felt the gentle caress of one of David's many, many tentacles against her temple. Carl watched in helpless horror as the journalist was jolted with high-voltage energy, causing her body to convulse and shudder. He readied himself for action, but as his hand whipped down to his phase blaster, he felt the ability to control his muscles drain from him with an overwhelming feeling of powerlessness and lethargy that rendered him totally useless. It was as if he was encased in a large brasilis marshmallow, a particular childhood favorite of his, and couldn't move for the gooey confectionery's all-encompassing hold upon him. That, that thing must be generating some kind of telepathic dampening field. Ugh. Gods, what is it doing to Felicia? There was a blinding flash of ice-blue light, and Felicity screamed. Carl looked up and saw the holomac fall limply to the ground, emitting small sparks as it did so. David's multiple eyes quickly darted from their previous position of rolled back into the top of his dome-like blob of a head to focus directly on Felicity. His huge feelers slithered rapidly down from her temple to wrap themselves around her neck. He roared with a fury that shook the ground around them and really freaked out several local dogs. Carl felt the gooey grip of the telepathically generated marshmallow feel begin to loosen and dissolve just enough to be able to reach for his phase blaster. With a huge amount of effort that Felicity would probably never even thank him for, he managed to gain just enough leverage to half remove the weapon from its distressed holster. Felicity felt the life beginning to drain from her as she struggled to break free of the creature's deadly clutches. She kicked and flailed wildly and even landed a few ineffective hits which connected with a soft squelch as she felt her shoes sink into the gelatinous skin. A fully powered wallop from Phobos had the potential to kick a moon lizard's face clean off, but in her weakened state, the blows harmlessly rebounded off the monster like a pissed uncle on a bouncy castle at a child's birthday party. She frantically looked down and saw Carl with his pistol in his hand. He was standing there like an idiot with his head lowered and his face creased in deep thought. She felt the world begin to grow dim around her and desperately attempted to call out to him, but the increasing tightness around her neck made it impossible. As Felicity was being choked to death, Carl was running through several quip options in his mind. He'd grown tired of stock phrases and felt that this situation called for something original. His initial thought of pew-pew motherfucker was rejected as he felt the strong language would alienate the young adult demographic and limit any potential merchandising opportunities. Also, he had already used it just before dispatching Prince Jason of the Korax Empire after an ill-fated Oedipal attempt to seize the throne, and he hated recycling in all of its forms. David's unique physiology offered several viable routes for wordplay. His multiple eyes allowed for solid choices such as I've got my eye on you or feast your eyes on this. The tentacles opened up a plethora of one-liners, including You might be well-armed, but I'm the one with the phase blaster, and Hey man, be tented cool. While all excellent choices, none of these sat right with Carl, and he was becoming increasingly frustrated. Felicity's vision began to blur and dim as the world around her faded to a dark grey and then a darker grey. She felt the life leaving her, 
as she gasped for air and attempted to take what she was certain would be her last few breaths. I ain't gonna like this, goddammit, she thought violently in her oxygen-starved brain. Think, Phobos, think. The darker grey suddenly exploded into a bright red. She drew on what little life she had left and channeled it into finding a way out of this death grip. She looked down past Carl, who had begun muttering to himself and shaking his head, to her shoes. She kept a miniaturized MN-76 sonic magnum in her left shoe at all times as a last resort. She hated to use firearms of any kind after what had happened to her as a teenager, but this was a dangerous galaxy, and a woman traveling alone needed to be prepared. But it was no good. As soon as the thought of attempting to reach it had entered her mind, David dispatched four more tentacles from his seemingly limitless supply and restrained her arms and legs. It's a... if you read my mind... wait, that's it? She let her mind go completely blank, and extinguished all thought and reason as she'd been taught to do in church as a child. For all intents and purposes, she was brain dead. Telepathically sensing this, the incongruously named alien monster released the award-winning journalist and threw her across the rocky expanse, knocking free the sonic magnum from her shoe and several small paperback novels from her various pockets. Got it! shouted Carl excitedly, and leveled the blaster square at the beast. But before he could fire, the handgun was snatched from his gun hand, and he got a face full of red hair as Felicity Phobos executed a poor quality combat role, got to her feet, and coolly said, Choke on this. She fired five rapid shots in a perfect semicircle around the wide open eye of the huge mass of slimy greenish brown that was the ancient alien being known as David Jackson. Jackson howled in pain, and the local dogs who'd only just recovered from the monster's previous roar went completely berserk. The ground around them shuddered and quaked as the gargantuan thing slumped down into its own body. Its massive black eyeball slid clear of its fleshy housing and rolled down a nearby hill before becoming impaled on a load of jagged rocks. Felicity threw the phase blaster aside in disgust. What was your line? Because it better be fucking stellar. He said nothing. He was glad that she wasn't dead, honestly, but it still stung him a little that he hadn't had the opportunity to showcase some of his finest work and a not insignificant part of him knew that the galaxy would be a poorer place for it. Phobos walked over to the remains of her holomac and picked up the knackered electronic accessory. Your electrical injury from our boy over there must have fired at circuits. Guess he wasn't too pleased to see this old mug again after what I wrote about him. Is there anyone on this rock who doesn't want to kill you? Asked Dark Cruiser sarcastically. Well, I thought maybe you didn't, but after your little brainstorming session back there, I'm beginning to rethink my position on the matter. What was left of David Jackson began emitting a distinct glow, and the substantial corpse started to sink beneath the asteroid's surface. What the hell's was all that, anyway? That there's my guy on the inside. Was, you mean? No, I mean is. Never correct my grammar, kid. David isn't dead, but he'll need a few weeks in the dirt to recover, and no doubt he'll wake up with a hangover the size of a planet. That's how it works with his kind. Which is what, exactly? No one knows for sure, in the biz we call them sources. They're incredibly powerful, telepathic beings who have a knack for finding people and a mean hankering for gunjar carts. As in the middle of what they call a mind mingle when the Holomac bought the farm. So that thing told you where Dwarf Star is? Like I said, I only got half the picture before me and Davy danced that deadly tango. So when you said you knew where she was, 
You are lying to me. No, not exactly. I did know that I would know very shortly, so that's basically the same thing. Look, just what the hell do you know anyway? I'm getting pretty tired of this wild Gaskill chase you're leading me on. You want to go it alone? Be my guest, but without my contacts and inside scoop on the cult, you'll be mincemeat in less than two solar days. Now it's a hell of a schlep back to the hangar base, so shall we skedaddle or do you want to stay here and talk about your feelings some more? Carl did indeed have a lot of feelings that he wanted to discuss, but in a rare moment of social awareness, he realized that her offer wasn't genuine and reluctantly agreed to get moving. And so they began their long trek back towards the port. As they walked past the gunjark heart that was now slightly charred from Jackson's electrical discharge, they felt a minor rumble in the ground beneath them. Poor David, said Carl. He didn't even get to eat his dinner. You know he almost killed me, right? Snapped Felicity. On their long journey back, Felicity filled him in on what she had learned from the partial mind mingle. She explained in her breathless and metaphor-laden manner that members of David Jackson's race had the ability to connect with all sentient beings in the universe through a telepathic field generated by the electrical impulses within the bodies of the aforementioned living beings. They called this field the field. Using their natural defense mechanism of electromagnetic pulse generation to access the unique frequencies created by each individual, the ancient telepathic species can locate and communicate with any functioning brain across all vast distances of space, and if the legends are true, time. From what Carl could make out through her thick accent and near impenetrable lingo, David had had a difficult time locating Deborah's whereabouts due to her recent robotification. In a fraction of a second, the ancient being had mentally explained to Felicity that whoever uploaded her mind into an android body had scrambled her frequency, making her near impossible to track telepathically. Sensing Felicity's strong feelings about finding the assassin, David had reached out to the other tentacled telepaths hidden on various planets throughout the systems. With their forces combined, they began to pinpoint their robotic quarry, but the combined electrical energy of thousands of psychic space monsters erupted from David's body, frying Felicity's holomac and revealing her true identity. Wait, 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 whoa there, sister. Carl interrupted. If this thing was telepathic, wouldn't have known who you were from the beginning? Why'd it take that mask thing breaking for him to realize who you were? Huh, that's the first sensible question you've asked me all day. Okay, you want the skinny, the lowdown, the truth, the whole and nothing but the, the full plate of beans? You got it, fella. You see... When the Author's note, the next section is missing. Ah, I see, said Carl, entirely satisfied and pleasantly surprised by the clear and concise explanation from Felicity. Not exactly words he'd normally associate with the reporter, but even he had to admit it all made perfect sense. So with a little help from his friends, David was able to impart to me that our mysterious killer has hightailed it out of console space altogether. He couldn't place it down to a single planet, but I did get the system name, and let me tell you, it ain't going to be smooth sailing to get there. I've sailed the roughest space seas out there, sweetheart. You give me a heading and I'll stay true to it, no matter what the cruel mistress we call the Void can throw at me. Wherever the hells this place is, you can bet your bottom cubit that Carl Dark Cruiser will get you there. Carl answered, continuing the nautical theme that the other had begun. He wasn't exactly sure that space seas worked as a phrase, but he seemed to have gotten away with it. Have you heard of the Vellum Cluster?
The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Carl Dark Cruiser was played by T.L. Dawnstar, and Felicity Phobos was played by Theodora C. Sinclair. Get in touch via electronic mail using the address tldawnstar at gmail.com or via Twitter at tl underscore dawnstar. Next chapter. For ciao!